Welcome to the Eye Test. I am your host, Mark Coles. As usual, I am introducing my good friend Sean. How are you, sir? You say Williams. You know what I'm saying. You can add my. You say your last name. You can say mine. You know what I'm saying. Just keep it even. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. You've expressed yourself. I mean, I'll be and, honest with you, dog. If you're going to introduce me like this, I might as well just introduce myself. You know what I'm saying. You, 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 you might as well just say, "Look, I'm Mark Coles. Hey, hey, my co-host, go ahead and do, introduce yourself. Just do it that way." You know what I'm saying? Uh, that way ain't no beef, Listen, dog. listen, there, ain't man, no beef. listen it, there is no beef. I'm, I am always my brother's keeper. Hey, but you you're not asking. You're not. You're not doing what I'm asking of yeah, you, friend. I I'm did. asking you to refer to me as Sean Williams. That's all I'm doing, man. But you, you, you're not respecting my wishes, Mark. You so want, I don't know how good of a friend you once asked me not to refer to your last one. Friend. First off, I it was very conditional. I said, if you're going to say your last name, you can say my last name. But if you're only going to give your first name, then don't give my last name. That's all I said. Very conditional. One time. Now, how many times have I asked you to say my last name? Listen. So you're going to go off the one time instead of the many? That's cool, Mark. That's cool. Listen, I listened the first time. That's all. You know what I'm saying? And just ignore the rest of the time. Listen, this... Listen, See, that's a, that wish washy shit, like I, that's, that's not wish washy. I've been on the same shit for about no, no, six months, seven that, months, eight months now, Mark. No, now, but if I'm you saying, don't want to pay attention to that. But that's saying, on you. That's I'm not wish washy. I've been very consistent. Person would say my name, don't say my name, like nigga. No, this is no, invested no. child, bro. This ain't I don't no wishy washy shit. I don't you know, know what I'm saying. What it sound like? It sound like some female shit. You just want it your way. that's what I'm saying. Acknowledge. <laughs> no, that's what, the the that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it sounds like some female shit. Like you. That's, wanted, that's what you sound right. like. You sound like some, you sound oh, like some oh, female okay. shit, man. All right, Look, man. Oh, you don't, you gonna hold on to that one thing that happened at one time like a right. year ago? That's fine. That's fine. That's Listen, a... that really sounds like some female shit. But you know, go ahead. Right. Okay, I got you. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You hold like, on to that, Mark. Go, if it go... makes you feel better, you know what? You know what? Matter of fact, call me whatever you want. If it makes you feel better, Mark, you go ahead with that. You know what? I've heard that many times from a woman. You know what? It's cool. Whatever. Cool. Fine. It, do whatever you want. It's okay. I've no, heard that what many I'm times. You is, this is how I talk to females. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you realize that that female ain't gonna change. You know what I'm saying? But you just accept her, accept her for who she is. You just like Listen. okay. Well, you know what? Listen. That's a flaw. But I can. But but you know what? You go ahead. You do you. You do good. Yeah, you know you, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll you manage. do you, boo boo. Yeah, that, I get that you. I get you. I get you. I get you. What I said, I get what you. I said is, I get you. Do what you're doing. I understand. Do what you're doing. I understand. I will adjust. I understand. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's yeah. no animosity here. Mark me, boys, right? Yeah, no, I've heard it from, like I said. But you talking to a man? I love this life, but I know the language. It's all good. But you know what I'm saying? All, all I know is I don't, I don't know men that hold on to shit for over eight, eight to nine months. Listen, so man. you take that however you want, Mark. <laughs> you take that however you want. I, but. I don't know men that say one thing and then go back and mean another. I've never. Like, when have I said something outside of, yo? If you say your full name, then you say my full name. If you don't say your full name, don't say mine. I just say keep it even. It's been the same stuff. It's been the same story from the beginning. No flip flop, no wish oh, You know what I'm saying? One day you started saying Mark Holmes. I've always said Mark Holmes. <laughs> oh boy. 
I can't wait. I'm about to I'm about to doctor up these fucking tapes. Is he gonna, you know so you're gonna doctor up the tapes? Understood. That's what you said. I'm gonna make a collage of all the times you would introduce yourself as Mark. That's you, what I'm gonna you, do. I'm gonna just make just, a collage. I'm gonna make a nice little I'm gonna make a nice little video of like you say because you know if I bring it up one time, you'll be like, oh, it's just that one time. No, I'm gonna bring them all. I'm gonna bring them all up because you said you yes, apparently you've never done it. So you you heard good. it. You've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. He's going to doctor up the tapes. See, you know what I'm saying? But you you don't want to ignore the collage of how many times you said it. That's fine. It's gonna be doctored. That's, so that's what females do. You know what I'm saying? They say they, they hear the whole thing, they pick out the parts that benefit them and they ignore the rest. Okay. That's what they do. So right, cool. you know, I, I'll All take right. that. I'll All take right, that. Man. Listen. I, I'm I'm just saying you're going to get canceled calling p- women females, but all right. No, I call I call females females because guess what? A 16 year old is not a woman, mm. and a 34 year old is not a girl. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I generalize and I mm. say female because I don't know. Like, and I'm damn sure not calling everybody a lady because not everybody's a lady. So you Ooh. get what I'm saying? Like, there's titles for everybody, but in, unless I know you personally. Then I won't address you as title. I'll address you as general, which is female. Okay, I hear you. Speak. You know what I'm saying? But that's fine. If I understand. I'm not out here. I'm not being Jody and shit. I'm not Jody from <laughs> you're from Baby Boy and shit. Like I'm not out here. I'm not out here calling us they were preachers and shit. So like, you know what I'm saying? They, they, that ever since ever since that line in Baby Boy, nobody's been allowed to call anybody a female dog. I I, I blame Tyrese. So uh, okay, I feel you. Listen, man. I hear you, smooth operator. I hear you. Nah, you know what I'm saying? But, smooth operator. But yeah. Um, just be, just be facts, you know? If, yeah. if ever you're bold enough to pull up the tapes, you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah, okay. okay. Okay, we shall see. But it's okay. Um. Anyway, man, uh, how was your, how was your week? How was your weekend? Um, weekend was straight, man. Uh, enjoy some family time. The most... The most discouraging thing happened. See, I'm gonna take this time to talk about this shit. I know this is off topic, but took the kids to see Peter Rabbit. Mm. Peter Rabbit two. It was actually a good movie, you know, kids shit, dad shit, you know. But my son, after the movie, walking through the hallways, it got all the movie posters on the side. This man asked me, six year old son asked me if I could take him to see Fast and Furious Nine. Mm. Now you know I don't want to see that movie, Mark, but. I saw. Once again, I said I don't want to see it. I didn't want to see it, but my, but my lovely significant other, uh, she wanted to see it, and I was excited to take her because I wanted to do something that she wanted to do. Yes, and I get that. So I am going to take my son to see the movie. That's not the point. What I am disappointed in is that my lovely wife won't go with me. She's like, no. You know what? That could be a father-son moment. Okay, I see how I see what it is. Neither of us want to go see the movie, but you're gonna leave me out here in the cold. That's that's what that's all right. I got you. So Some, somebody has to watch the rest of the kids. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look, we could we can send them. We can my mom is supposed to come out and visit. My sister's coming out. Jess, Look, I got your there's, back. There's Someone... gonna be people to watch the kids, Mark. She just don't want to go. Jess, that's, I got your back. Is. I got your back. Somebody hey, gotta look, watch the kids, man. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, trust me. You, you got. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie, Mark. I'm probably gonna have an entire rant 
on fast on fast. You got like a three or four year old, Doug. So you gotta you gotta. Look, my son is six. He's old enough to know better. I'm not. Talk- <laughs> I'm talking about your daughter. You got a whole daughter that need that needs to be watched. Yeah, I got family for that. That's mm. what I'm, that's what my sister's for. That's what my mom's for. You know, but that's that's need that's not the point. All I'm saying is, my weekend was good, except for the fact that my son wants me to take him to see Fast Nine. But other than that, my weekend was great, Mark. Yeah. Well, what about you, man? Yeah. Well, I did see uh, Fast and the Furious Nine this past weekend, and um, man, I I just gotta say this. I I pray. I pray that th- that this is the end, that this is over. You, but you know it's not the end, Mark. You know it's not Duh. the end. Like, yo, if you like, I'm gonna say this, bro. If you thought Hobbs and Shaw was ridiculous, <laughs> hey. like, like Hobbs and Shaw had a whole black Superman in it, and this is still more ridiculous than Hobbs and Shaw. Look. This is what I'm going to say. I don't know what format I'm going to do it in. I, I think I'm going to do it on a, one of my game streams. But I want you to be there on the PlayStation for that so I can do my game stream. I'm going to have the voice chat. All that stuff is going to be live stream. And I want to have the Fast 9 discussion with you uh, on the live stream. That way we can, you know, talk Bruh. about it. Because I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to need to vent after this movie. Bro, I know I will. I watched a movie... And in the movie theater, at one point, I literally laughed out loud. It like like couldn't contain it, like couldn't get like the <laughs> like the ridiculousness literally made me laugh out loud. Like couldn't contain it. I just was like, <laughs> and like I just, and just, I just assumed there's at least four or five moments where you literally probably stood up like, yo, I'm about to head towards the door. Like, like I just I, I just was looking like, wow, this is happening. But I'm I'm gonna say I'm going to say this. Uh, I will say this: that one one scene is not as like the scene that you see in the trailer is not as ridiculous as it's cut in the trailer. You're saying that there was like ten different ridiculous scenes in the trailer, so I don't know. So well, like, you, you're you're being very vague right now, Mark. Well, well, I'll. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I could tell you, I could tell. Spoiler alert, skip 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it. But anyway, um, the, um, the, the scene, the trailer, the scene where it looks like he catches the car, it, it's not as ridiculous as the way it's okay. cut. It's not as ridiculous as the way it's cut. I'll okay. just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, definitely, there's going to be a video or some sort of content coming after the, after me watching this movie. It's, it's going to happen. But, but yes, yeah, but the, I brought up this I brought up this topic only to say we will be doing, we will be starting the process of doing our top 10 greatest sports movies ever. So we will start that tonight. Um, we're going to start that with a poll. By the time this episode airs, you will see the poll. You will see the posts about it out. So please engage us on our Facebook page, Instagram, all that shit. Please uh, give me, give me. We want to hear your opinions on uh, on these sports movies. Yeah, um, legitimately, we're what we have planned uh, to do is to have is essentially is to ask you guys uh, what 
what is your top what is your top sports movie like what's your favorite sports movie in particular categories we're going to start out by asking about football but then of the eventual thing is to narrow it down to a top 10 list of sports movies all time amongst all categories so this will be several ser- several parts to this because first we have to narrow it down through like all the top football movies the top basketball movies and then we have to narrow it down to the top movies ever so those so that'll be a fun process to get into but now let's get into the current uh process that is the playoffs and things that are going on in the playoffs because right now outside of the olympics there's nothing really uh not a whole lot to talk about i mean um there is a there's a lot of uh expression i would say from americans in the olympics of of how they feel and um i am all for expression and do what you got to do uh to get your voice heard like cuz peaceful protest is exactly that your peaceful protest so like you mm-hmm. as long as you keep it as that we're good um i read a post today that said like yo if you have a problem with uh if you have a problem with people uh peacefully protesting or ha- like the way that they express themselves at the olympics but didn't have a problem with people storming uh the congressional hall then man boy that you got to look at yourself so yeah you know um all i know is in one situation people will say you're being afforded an opportunity by being an american citizen to be at the olympics and to represent your country so you need to be grateful and then in the other instance they feel differently but i will tell you this i also see it as hey man be grateful that you live in a country to where you can do that without being shot dead on the steps but that's just me you know yeah. but you know the people that went and stormed the capital do not feel that way so they're not grateful they they're more entitled about it so yeah yeah but so- um but yeah man so like like i said we don't have any problems with the way that people protested so to me that's a non issue um um as far as the olympics goes yeah but uh but some things that people are making issues of i guess we'll just start with this uh last night was the uh clippers was the clippers suns games and uh i think we'll start with jeff van gundy <laughs> people Let's do it. people are making uh jeff van gundy was simply uh i guess he was sharing his opinion of the league and uh people have found the problem with uh, his word choice last night he said um this was after a particular foul against paul george in which there was called a flagrant foul after he was hit in the face after he was hit in the face uh by i forget who who did it uh but and paul george was writhing on the floor and all this other stuff now mind you i 
All right, I'm gonna keep my opinion out of it first. I'm just gonna, I'm just <laughs> gonna give you the facts. Paul George was writhing on the floor, and then Jeff Van Gundy decided to uh, share his opinion. He said, he said, all right, let's. After they called the flagrant foul, he said, all right, this is getting to be too much. The sissification of this league is getting to be too much for me to handle. Um, and people were up in arms because he used. Uh, he used uh, sissification uh, as an adjective to describe uh, the way things are going in the league. Um, people have called it uh, problematic speaking. Uh, but some people are just saying, all right, uh, here is the old man shouting at clouds again. I mean, and if that's your opinion, that's fine. But um, others have said that, oh, this, his, this is homophobic. This is uh, all types of all types of uh, other things and saying that this was um, problematic and and uh, Sean I'm just going to ask you uh, do you feel how do you feel about uh, Jeffy and Gundy's words man okay so his words speak to the watchers of basketball that are like myself Mark um, it's really I guess maybe it's like, like, okay, first off, I'll just say, I agree with what he's saying. Like it becomes some games you're watching and it is too much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially the way that the quote unquote sissification is being officiated. It's being uh, rewarded. It's being encouraged. It's being, uh, it's all of that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost to the point to where the reaction to it is making people want to do it more. So, so whether it's acting or not, I don't even care. The fact of the matter is, anytime somebody gets touched in the NBA, they fall to the they, they they fall on the ground and they're flailing. They stay on the ground, they roll on the ground for thirty seconds. It's just to to me, it's a bad look. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to see my favorite play, player, and and let's be clear, Mark already knows this. My favorite player, my my favorite player in the league is um is lebron so so i don't want to see my favorite player doing that but my favorite player does it more than anybody else does so it's a problem for me you know what i mean i don't like that you know so it, it makes the games longer it feels like it, there's too much um to me it's 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 not gamesmanship it's not it goes it goes beyond trying to just sell a foul you can sell the foul and once the whistle's blown mm -hmm. get your ass up man you're done you, your job is done yo not even vladi divak would flop around for that long you know what i'm saying he just gets the call and goes back to business you know um but yeah i agree with everything that jeff van gundy said but um like uh for me personally, it's just uh, to me, uh, it takes away from the respect that I have for the talent that the players bring, and and that becomes a problem. On a, I think it will become a problem on a major scale, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we'll see how it goes. But Jeff Jeff Van Gundy is uh, a thousand percent right. Um, the 
the the language that he used, sensification. Um, I don't have any problems with it, but the thing the thing that I really have a problem with the most is the people calling it homophobic. So for them to say that it's homophobic, it's to to me the issue is this. Um, The sometimes the you know the LGBTQ community. I'm just going to speak specifically speak about the gay community, but all the, that whole community as a whole was like, hey, do not put me in a box. Do not label me. Do not assume anything about me based on my sexual preference or who I identify as. Right? It's a big part of that community. So you know they will fight to say that, hey, man, not not every gay person is feminine. Some yeah. of us are masculine, you know? So you fight for that. So you can't then turn around and say that sensification only applies to gay people and say that it's homophobic. And that's where I have a problem with the people, with the detractors that are attacking him. Um, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you can't. You can't say that it's completely a thousand percent targeted to gay people. He's saying it to a straight man. So pr a presumed straight man, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so with that said, it's like, it's like, okay, you're nitpicking now. Um, he's talking to a straight man and calling him a sissy, which by definition, by definition has nothing to do with all that stuff. So, so with that said, I understand, I understand if, if somebody takes it out of context and hears it, they can, they can, they can go down that route, but knowing the entirety of the situation, I just don't understand how they can take it there. But, you know, it's Jeff Van Gundy. He's on the key. He's going to say what's on his mind. Um, I appreciate him saying what's on his mind. And, uh, I think this is much ado about nothing, Mark. All right. Well, <clears throat> Kind of took some of my points, man. My bad. Go ahead. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it, but um, <laughs> reiterate it. Like it. But listen, um, the thing is, like, like if you look up the word sissy, um, the definition of the word sissy, as a noun, it means a person regarded as effeminate or cowardly. Um, now, you could say. Well, calling someone effeminate, it, calling a man effeminate is a way of saying like, oh, that he like is. You can you could try to draw the line and say that he's homo, like uh, that. That's a homophobic thing to say about a man calling him effeminate. But um, is it like? I mean, truly, like saying effeminate is more so saying traditional <laughs> feminine qualities like this is someone that, and not all gay people have that so to say exactly that, so to say that is like you're if, putting gay people in a box yeah if you're, you're putting gay that's what i'm like, saying you you the defender are putting a gay person in the in a box in by, the effeminate box by saying by saying oh you said sissy so you're talking so you're trying to call him gay? No, I'm not. I'm I was calling him cowardly, and I'm calling him uh, someone that's not standing up for himself. And like, there's because here we go. Here are similar. Here are synonyms 
for Sissy. Coward, weakling, uh, crybaby, baby, softy, chicken, milksop, mama's boy, uh, thing, cupcake, things of that nature. These are all yes. things that you could say. It has nothing to do with being gay. So, yes. it like has to do with you. I'm calling you soft. I'm not. Yes. I'm saying that you, like, if if you got hit in the face and you're falling on the floor writhing for five minutes, then, like, Doug, are you okay? Is, like, are you going to die here? Like, what's going on right now? Like, can, can you pick yourself up? Is that all right? <laughs> like, these, yeah. are, these are the things that, like, so it's not necessarily, I mean, to, to call it homophobic is out of line. Yeah. So, so for me, if 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 we if Paul George, if we knew that Paul George was gay, I would absolutely understand all of this, and I would have no problems with the outrage. But, but from what we understand, he's straight, so I don't understand. But no, even see, my thing is, even if he was gay, like what I'm saying has nothing to do with the fact that he's gay. It has everything to do with his actions. Like yes, but then, but but one could presume that they that hey man, you wouldn't say that about a straight man. Yes, and that's, but and yes, I would. <laughs> like, you would, you would as, as an individual, Mark. I understand you, but you would. What I'm saying is, as a public, as somebody who probably doesn't even watch the NBA, that's responding to this, uh, I could understand how you could jump to that conclusion. I understand how a lot of people jump to a lot of conclusions. This is not one of those situations. Like even if even in a stretch. I don't see how this makes sense. But I feel as though you know it, it is a. I feel as though it is a cowardly act um, to it to, is. to to do all like, the right. Like that's where I want I want to get to it this way because there's more to what I want to say about Jeff Van Gundy. I feel as though Jeff Van Gundy is like he's towing a line that's in some regards is bordering bordering on ridiculous. Um, like I get his point. Because Paul George, on one hand, is ridiculous for laying on the ground flop and and staying there and all that shit. But on the other hand, if the ref wants to call it a flagrant foul, then that's fine. Because guess what? Slapping someone in the face isn't common. That's not a common foul. Like, like so if like so if you hit so if, if someone got hit in the face by a hand well. by open slap like. I, Okay, this is what, like, and this uh... is what, this is what I will say, Mark. This is my only argument to that. There's a reason why they have technical fouls, because it's somewhere in between a regular foul and a flagrant. Right. Flagrant legitimately means, like, if he got slapped in the face and they call it a flagrant, that legitimately means, by definition, that, that he walked up, he walked into him, <laughs> and he cocked his hand back and just slapped him, and that was his intention. It's right. the intent. A flagrant foul comes with intent, and that's right. where I think he felt like it, w- it shouldn't have been called a flagrant. Is he didn't feel like the intent was there? You know, okay. he said he was there trying to make a play, and 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 it happened. Okay. You know, like like we know the difference between somebody going for the ball and in the heat of moment with the speed of the game, and it turns into a slap in the face, and we know the difference between that and somebody seeing that the ball is in the general vicinity right. and I'm just going to swipe as hard as I can at this man's shoulder. Like, we know the difference between a technical foul and a, and, and, and a flagrant foul, you know, and I feel like this should have been a technical foul. 
Um, no, but, that's fair. But but either way, the 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 way that he felt offended by the flagrant call, I thought was over the top because you know if it's a if it should be a technical, then then flagrant isn't too far off. You know what I mean? But right. he was literally saying that it should have been, he said... It was a common he, foul. He, he said, yeah, he said it was a common foul. Like, like, yo, hey, man, he, he made a play, you got fouled, get up, go to the free throw line, shoot the two free throws. That was his comment. So, so I think he definitely was a little bit, you know, that's the old man talking, man. That's right. the old man talking. So, you know, you know it, and, it's, and it's interesting to me that it, it always interests me when in any form or walk of life uh, career-wise when the older generation talks about how shitty it was for them coming up but then they judge the future generations for not embracing the shittiness that they went through and it's like yo y'all complained about how bad y'all was getting fouled right you know what i'm saying you guys talked about how unfair it was you know what I'm saying? Like when people used to get clotheslined, it wasn't just like it's all in the game. People used to get up and fight afterwards. Like it wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, so I don't understand why these older, why the older generation of basketball coaches, players, and people around the game in the NBA always want to bring up oh, where they everybody's getting salt. It's like yeah, you only dealt with it because you had to. Like you didn't want to deal with that. Like. You wasn't you wasn't no badge on your chest when you, when you were going through it like right. no man you were upset about it so I, I just don't understand that part of it where it's like yo that's a common foul no it's not it's not a common foul it shouldn't be it should have never ever been in the history of the NBA a common foul you know what I mean right. I'm sorry that you, the older players had to go through it but this is not a common foul man don't do that here yeah. you know but also I want to point out Paul George writhing on the floor and shit. He did say, like like the whole thing is ridiculous, Mark. The bandit the, the Van Gundy comments, the about it being a common foul, Paul George over overacting and selling it, and then the refs calling it a flagrant. I think everybody's wrong in this situation. But but that's just me, man. Like in a real in, in a in the in a perfect world, Paul George would have got slapped in the face. He would have had a natural reaction to it. Right. The ref would have called it a technical and Van Gundy would have been like good call. That's what they, in, in a perfect world, Mark. But right. you know, it, well, it's just—it's <laughs> crazy to me, man. Well, you know what's funny to me is that that's not the only such call that happened in this game. Oh, um, here we go. And uh, <laughs> um, and the other call that happened in this game, in which a player moved to sell uh, the action, was Chris Paul. Um, in this on on this particular play. A screen, a screen was set. Um, most, more than likely, I would say is closer to an illegal screen than anything. Uh, but he undercut, undercut the defender of Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly was forced into Chris Paul, um, in in a very natural react in a very natural way. Pat Beverly ended up undercutting Chris Paul. Chris Paul on his way down. Um, he threw Chris Paul, feeling the contact, threw his legs out, ended up horizontal with the ground, hit his back, and bounced off the ground. 
Um, I'm going to start this one off and say this was absolutely ridiculous. This was like Chris Paul in the effort to sell this call could have damn near really ended his season. Like it could have been over because he wanted to sell this shit. Like the dude, like yeah. he bounced off the ground because because he wanted to lay horizontal and shit and flail his body about. Um, now Pat Beverly. On the other hand, once he saw that he got up and he was, and he did, and he began to mock Chris Paul, like, like about him flailing about, which it was kind of in bad taste because you did legitimately undercut him, <laughs> like, he, like he did, yeah. like he didn't, <laughs> like he didn't do himself any favors by flailing about, but you did legitimately undercut him. Like the failing about was a little ridiculous, but I feel as though, like, I mean, but that's also like you know the frustration of the game and the character. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and the fact that the the call was called on him, like, I maybe it was a good idea Chris Paul did it because otherwise, if the call wasn't called on him, they would have called the maybe they would have called the illegal screen, like so. So who knows? Like I mean, well, I mean, let's call it what it is. It should have uh, been all Pat, Bev, Pat Bev went to go make a play and he got hip checked. Right. Into, <laughs> into Chris Paul. Let's call it what it is, man. But uh, go ahead, man. Yeah, but maybe it should have been offsetting calls. I don't know. Like, but but I know that what happened like was was a oversell by Chris Paul that really could have got him hurt. Um and how what's your thoughts on it, man? Man, okay, so here we go, man. You know, Chris Paul is to in in uh in my opinion, he is the second largest offender outside of LeBron James himself when it comes to the flopping. But he's he doesn't really get called out on it, but all the players in the league know about it. You know what I mean? The players know. But uh the media, you know, maybe it's because of his brother Cliff, you know, that they don't really go after like that. I don't by, know. By but. the by, he's also one of the he's actually he's also one of the dirtier players in the league too. He's filthy, bro. I'm, I'm like I really I really like some people really take advantage of their good guy image, you know what I mean? And he's one of them. That's why like I could respect Bruce Bowen because Bruce Bowen was never he never portrayed himself to be the good guy. You know what I mean? He never did. He embraced the bad guy world, and you know how much I hate Bruce Bowen, Mark. I um, think, I think, <laughs> I think, legitimately, Chris Paul like go, goes under the radar because he's because because uh, compared to the rest of the league, he's small. So like, I his think it's not just because he's small. I think it's because, to be honest with you, it's because he's unathletic, Mark. If he if he was if he had Russell Westbrook's athleticism, he wouldn't go under the radar. But because people see him as undersized, unathletic, and they see him as a, they see all the things he does outside of basketball, he gets a pass for it. But this motherfucker's dirty, dog. Yeah. Like, like he's dirty, man. Like, that's just what it is, man. So, well, Paul, so, so let me get into the, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no go real, ahead. real quick, I, I've expressed to someone before that I feel as though his constant injuries in the playoffs and stuff has been karma. Coming back to him every oh, season. Now I'm going to mention karma here, Mark, but we're not there yet. But what I will say, what I will say is this, man. 
I'm not going to lie, Mark. I was hoping that he would have got hurt on that plate. Now, I don't <laughs> hope that people get hurt. I, I'm not one of those people. I don't wish me. Like, I'm, you'll never see me in a comment section or on video be like, I hope it goes down with injury. Like, I'm not that guy. If I say it, I'm probably joking. But, like, I, don't, I usually don't even joke like that. But I'm telling you, I'm dead serious, and it's not even a malicious thing. Listen, you're a liar. I, you're a liar. I, I can't let this go because you, you, wished, you wished ill will on my players in fantasy, like, just this past season. Like, that was you, a joke, Mark. I didn't but you, really but you say it. you don't joke like that. I did, I did. I just said, if you ever heard me say it, it was probably in a joke, but I typically don't joke like that. You know, that was special circumstance, Mark. Oh, what, was, anyway, the, what was the special <laughs> circumstance? Help me understand. The special circumstance is that, you know what I'm saying, I have to beat you because you're going to talk wild shit to me. Talk That's wild shit to you. Okay. Mark. Talk wild shit to you. Mark. Are you gonna refute? Are, are you gonna refute that, yes. or will you not? Or will you not yeah. talk wild shit to me if you beat me in fantasy football? I would not talk. I do not always talk wild shit. Oh, okay. Now at first you're gonna say no, but then you said not always. Come on, Mark. Because I gotta go talk. No, because I gotta be honest. Sometimes I talk wild shit, but not always. Not not to the point where it's like. There's probably oh, a greater chance that you would talk wild shit to me. Nope. In a head to head. Nope. Nope. I don't know if you, you know what. I don't know if you noticed, but I win. I win games humbly, and I move on a lot. It's usually when people. Mark, it's usually when people like Tobias or somebody say "fuck you, bitch," and and then I'll be like, "All right, now what you're on my list." So we're gonna, we gonna get back to the topic, but let's be clear: Tobias wasn't the only one killing me every week when I was on my losing streak that one year when I had the worst fantasy year ever. You was in there, Mark. Uh-huh. You was in there. You wasn't even. It was games where I was even playing with, you, playing against you, and, and you was going in. I wasn't even going, going in. I was. You know, I wasn't going in. What? You didn't say anything. I didn't say. I didn't say anything. I said I wasn't okay, going then, in. Wait, 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 I wait, said wait, I wasn't wait, going wait, in. What happened, Mark? What happened? You explained to me what happened. I wasn't. I'm, I'm trying to understand. I wasn't going in. How would you describe it? Then, I would say. I would say I would make mention of the fact that you were, you were losing. Make mention, you know, we off this topic. We <laughs> make mention, okay. Uh, hey, just, by the way, in case you didn't notice, you've been losing a lot. That's not how it went, yeah, Mark. You yes, didn't make mention. That's that's pretty much mention. how it went. That's pretty, that's pretty much hey, how like I'd be like, like you would say something, and I'd be like, uh, does this guy remember what his record is? What is he talking about? That's I'm not a, making mention. Mark. Yes, it that's is. Clowning. That's, that's making clowning. mention. No, I mean, that's I'm not reminding mention. you. No. That you do not have room to no. speak. No, no, no. That's see, that's not making mention. See, I'm glad that you clarified so that the people could see. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's something light that you were saying. You were saying heavier shit than that. But that's fine, Mark. That wasn't me. Once bro. again, once again, the reason why I'm gonna get back to the shit. The reason why I feel like Chris Paul, I was hoping that Chris Paul would have gotten hurt, is because it would have been a lesson. It would have been a teaching moment for the rest of the league of all these players. They want to flop and sell, oversell. I'm not even call it selling. They overselling these fouls, man. I want people to understand that when you do this, you put yourself at risk. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris Paul absolutely put himself. He was not. In, once you get undercut, you're no longer in control. The only thing that you're in control of is how you brace your fall. And he took control away from himself in that situation by doing the damn uh, Luke Kang scissors kick. Like, I don't, uh, he did a bicycle kick in the air, Mark. Like, 
So, so with that said, he put himself at risk, and we all seen the way he slammed against the floor. Do I believe he would have slammed against the floor that way if he would have just fell normally instead of trying to sell it? No, he wouldn't have hit the ground like that. So, yes, in that moment, I was kind of hoping he'd be a little bit banged up so that maybe it'll teach his ass a lesson to stop doing that shit, and maybe the other people that look look around the league and see the examples of LeBron and Chris Paul and all these guys that flop would be like, you know what? I was thinking about it, but now I'm just going to leave that shit alone. I, I am not a good enough player in this league to, to take injury, <laughs> you know, and know that my job is still going to be here when I come back. Well, like, you know, yeah. You, you know what I mean? But I felt like it should have been a teaching moment. It's not going to be a teaching moment now. But, but with that said, he fell. He got undercutted. He legit got undercutted. The, the kicking of the legs was a little extreme. Pat Bev saw that. He acknowledged it. I didn't like the way he acknowledged it. He acknowledged it by making fun of it. I I get it. Like, like just let's be real. Like, the, uh, the person that I am that grew up playing basketball in the D.C. area appreciates everything that Pat Bev did as far as making fun of him. But the adult version of me <laughs> is like, come on, man. Come, like, I thought that he was going to get a tech. Right. Um, he didn't, which is good. But, I mean, it was very distasteful what he did. You know, especially seeing that he legit fouled him. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta eat that, man. You gotta eat that. So, but, um, yeah, man, where I come from, Mark, like, maybe it's because when I grew up, like, you couldn't call fouls. You couldn't call legit fouls, Mark. I had somebody pull me aside. I was 12 years old. They pulled me aside. I was playing with 18-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 20-year-olds. And I I was like five, oh, what was I? Excuse me. I was like four foot 11. But I was nice. I'd go to the hoop. I had no jumper. Go to the hoop all the time and score on them. I would get fouled sometimes, body contact. But when you run in, when you're 85 pounds and you run into a guy, that weighs 200 pounds, you're going to fall. You know what I'm saying? It got to the point where they used to tell me, yo, if you're going to come down here and go to the hoop and come aggressively to the hoop, you can't call foul on us just because it was body contact. They literally told me, you can't call foul. If you call foul, we're not going to acknowledge it. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I grew up. If you was going to bang down low, you can't call Tiki Tech fouls. So that's where I grew up. You know what I'm saying? I was 12 when I was playing with 20-year-olds, and they told me that. So maybe my my mentality is a little bit different when it comes to this. But, yeah, where, where I come from, we don't respect that. Well, so, so yeah. we and, and I'm talking about I was legit getting fouled hard to where I was falling on my back awkwardly and all that shit. And they're just like, yo, man, what you want us to do? We big, you're small. It was body contact. It's going to happen. What you want? We're not intentionally fouling you. That's what you know what I mean. So they didn't care how hard the foul was. It was just like, yeah, we're not, we're not going, we're not going to honor that. Unless you can beat me up, check ball. Well, so, so, so that's where I come from. So maybe that's why I see it differently. But I honestly, I don't have respect for uh, any of the players in the NBA that uh, do the flopping and all that stuff. If you're yeah. nice, you play through the foul, whether it's called or not. Yeah. But don't. But but real quick. That's the mentality that is the difference between guys like MJ 
and AI who were able to get a lot of and one plays because they're not relying on the whistle. Right. Like you just play through it. Like for instance, Joel Embiid would be so much of a better player if when he got fouled, if he didn't throw the ball into the rafters and and flop all over the place. If he continued through the contact and got the score, he would be so much more of a better player. But every time he gets touched, he throws the ball into the rafters. He's flailing about and he's already seven feet. So any like any motions, you you're likely to fall somewhere yeah. or whatever like that. Now this is and he is a guy that I do believe in some cases causes his own injuries with the flail with the flailing about about and stuff like that. Like dog, you're seven foot. You can't afford to be just falling on the ground all the time, bro. Like like you gotta you gotta conserve that. Like if you go to the ground, you just uh it better be an important time. Like, you know what I mean? You're gonna be up here out here like Shaq and shit, you know what I'm saying? Needing the needing help up. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I'll bring it up. I'll bring up the Ben Simmons situation with the with him ducking Trey Young because he thought he was gonna foul him. Right. If you have the mentality of I'm going to get fouled if I go to the rack, and I'm not expecting the ref to call it, it changes your whole mentality. It, it changes your approach. Well, you would then approach that situation to be like, I know I'm going to get fouled and I know it's not going to get called. Well, the, well, so I need Simmons, to go harder. Yeah, I need to go harder so I can dunk this. So you don't see it. Well, no, yeah. well, the Ben Simmons thing wasn't about whether or not he could score. It was re- his his issue was embarrassment. He could he couldn't deal with being he couldn't deal with not making the shot and what, and embarrassing himself. What, what I'm what because I'm saying is this: I'm pretty if positive you, that he knew don't. that he was going to. I'm pretty positive that he knew he was going to make the shot. But if they but him having an and one, he didn't want to go to the line. No, I don't believe that, Mark. What I believe okay, is yeah, that I'm trying he, to tell you the what, truth. What, what, what I'm trying to say is this: I believe that he had no intention to dunk it. I, I'm telling I I believe he had no intentions of dunking. No, Look, he had you, no if, well, he had no intentions of dunking, but I'm telling you the reason but, why. He's well that's what I'm, what I'm trying a, to tell you. He's what, egotistical. What it, it has nothing I'm, to do with it has nothing to do with a fear it has nothing to do with uh fear of not making the shot. It has everything to do with his his ego about going to the line and not yes perform. okay that's different that's what i'm saying when you said fair making a shot i thought you were talking about the shot not the free throw but this is my this is my thing though once again it's a mentality the same mentality that comes with i'm gonna get fouled and i know they're not gonna call it the reason why the, the people that believe that there's two different reactions for that mm-hmm. there's a reaction of i'm not gonna come down here because i know they're not gonna call it and then there's a reaction of, I'm just going to go harder. The people that, that shy away from that are the people that don't have the hunger to win, Mark. The people that have that hunger to win are going to fight through that and say, I got to make the shot through the foul. And, and so what I'm agreeing with what you're saying. There is an arrogance that comes with that. And there is, a, he doesn't want the embarrassment that comes with missing a shot. There is ego behind that. And his ego is not attached to winning or losing. His ego is attached to his own personal reputation on the court. 
So, but either way, it's all a part of a certain mindset. If he has a mindset of I'm going to fight for this foul, then he that shows that he has a mindset of winning. Because guess what? You'd rather take two points than zero. If you go for the layup and you miss it and you get fouled, there's a chance that you miss both free throws. You get zero points. You know what I'm saying? If you go and you dunk it and you get fouled, who cares if you miss the free throw? You got two points out of it. It's still a, it's still a, it's still a um, great, it's still a good possession. So what I'm saying is, it takes, it would actually take the pressure off of him, Mark, if he would just go up and dunk it, because it would take the pressure off of him at the free throw line. This is, but this is all, like I said, this is all part of a mentality, man. He doesn't care if he cared more about winning than anything else. Right. Then that would solve all of his problems. But I don't think winning is the most important thing to Ben Simmons. Well, no, it's not. But like, so, how he looks is the most important thing, and that's what yes. I'm telling. You. Yeah, but, but, but he doesn't uh, even. It's like he doesn't understand. If he puts winning first, then he won't have to worry about how he looks. Yeah. But so, uh, it's, whatever, man. It's something that he's gonna have to grow into. What is he? Twenty three, twenty four. He's gonna have to grow into that. By the time he realizes that, Mark, it's gonna be too late. But yeah. Well, um. But yeah, so um, by keeping things in the uh, in the Clippers in the Clippers range, uh, Paul George. Uh, so uh, recently, I did a recently I was a guest on an episode of the Wait Till You Hear This podcast, episode fifty two, um, and. In that episode, I was asked about I was asked about Paul George changing narratives, uh, uh, changing the narrative surrounded around him being, um, being like coming up short, um, in the playoffs and things of that nature. You know the pandemic P, uh, conversation. Now, in that time, um, I. At, at that time, I I said, well, I was like, it's great. He's had, uh, I said, it's great that he's had uh, good performances in the playoffs before. And he's had up and down performances in which uh, people, so his up and down performances uh, is pretty much standard for him. And these are things that mm-hmm. I've talked to you about in the past, Sean, and that's why I don't believe in it. Well, yes. So, um, and I said that eventually he will come back. He will come back to the uh, to what people know him as. So I think it. I think he needs uh, more time to show. Uh, what that he's truly escaping that. Well. The he continues. I will. I will clarify to say that he continues to defeat this narrative. Uh. I guess are to uh, are to poke holes in it, or to try to eliminate it rather, because the narrative did have real legs, but he's absolute sta- real legs. But yeah. now it's starting. But now he is starting to chop it down a little bit. Uh, but I like I said, people, it, it there will always be an opportunity for people to uh. To put things back on him because um I would thought this was a little ridiculous. They what was it? Game 
I forget what game it was, but the game in which that he missed the two, uh, he missed the clutch free throws that would have uh, helped ice the game. Was that, that game was one? That game... Was that game one? Um, it might have been game one. I'm Plus, not it was sure. the that was the alley oop game. Uh, the where Aiton got the alley oop to close it out. So, in that, yeah, that that was game one. Yeah, so in that game where Paul George missed the free throws, the clutch free throws, Paul George, oh. Paul George had a. Hold on, no, no, son. Uh, Paul George missed crucial free throws. Uh, hold up, game two, game okay. two, not one, game two. Okay. Yeah. So, but in that game, Paul, in that game, Paul George had a good game for the most part. He had a he had a yeah. good game. He missed two free throws, and people called him Pandemic P because he missed two free throws. Like, granted, in the moment, he, like, they need, he, he needed those free throws. But calling somebody Pandemic P for missing two free throws, and when all, by all accounts, they had a good game, is a, is a little nuts. Like, yeah. Ooh, like he came up short. He didn't he didn't do anything. He did he didn't cause his team the game like he has in the bubble or he has in the in the past. So like I felt as though that was a little bit of a stretch, but this is the stuff that that I'm talking about is because people will like do you give them a reason to to poo-poo you, they will Grab it and hold on to it and poo-poo. Like, you essentially have to do everything right for them to not, for them not to do that. Like, Paul George would have to win this finals to escape the pandemic. Uh, He would have to, yeah, he would have to win the championship to escape the pandemic P thing. Or at least, like, be a key contributor, like, or, like he has or to, average, or like, average forty throughout the playoffs. I was just gonna say, whatever he's been doing now, yeah, in this series, he would have to continue doing that for the entirety of the playoffs. Whether right. they, whether they lose this series, or whether they win the series, go and lose the championship series, whatever, he would have to continue his level of play that he's had in this uh, series for the rest of the playoffs for them to even have the conversation i would say yeah you know of moving away from the pandemic piece shit. so um i guess okay so my response to all that is um it um two things so you talk about changing the narrative and um for me this is a this is a step in changing the narrative the narrative does not change when you have one good playoff run over the last four or five years. It does not work that way. You know what I mean? At least not for me. And I feel like it's not gonna work that way for the general public at all. General public is way harsher of critics than I am. Mm-hmm. But even for me, I'm like, nah, bro. This is in in this is really the most solid series that he's had in yeah. this playoffs. And so I- and I know you. He embarrassed you in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Because you believed him in him in the bubble, and he embarrassed you. So, uh, like, yeah, so not a proud moment. You know what <laughs> I mean? But uh, uh, the, the craziest thing about that was I said, like, he's gonna have his games where he's pandemic beat. It's cool, but he's gonna he's gonna win you a couple of games where he goes off. 
And I was partially true. The games that he helped them win didn't mean shit. And of course, in the key moments when you needed him in the games that they were clearly in a tight, in a tight situation or down bad, he was nowhere to be found. So like, so like, yes, I, he did embarrass me, Mark. He did, he did uh, let me down last year. You know, I did have faith. You know what I'm saying? I had faith in him. And I was like, he doesn't even need to be a guy. He's a number two. And he let me down as a number two. And I didn't I, think. And like, I he, he, and I had faith in him being being exactly who he was. Yeah, so that's that's fine. But this year I will give him I'll give him credit. Yes. I'll give him credit for what he's done this year. He deserves all the credit yes, for what he he's does. done, especially in the spots where he can't hide behind a number one. Yeah. Well he's able to hide behind a number one in OKC. He was able to hide behind a number one last year. This year, Kawhi's on the sideline watching. You he can't hide behind a number one and it's being put on his shoulders and he's performing. So I give him that credit, but I don't think this changes the narrative. It takes more than just this, like I said. Honestly, I think he has to win the series, but I mean, you can't knock him if he finishes out the series averaging like 35 points a game. Like, you can't. So, but um, but the second part of this is you said something about the um, the fans, the people, the media being, you said if they have if you give them even the slightest bit of a reason to poo-poo you, they will. And this is my issue with that because, I mean, I don't think the blame goes to Michael Jordan, but it goes to all of the media that covered Michael Jordan. Um, They're the ones who created this, this situation. They're the ones that go out of their way. And this is the thing. Um, it's the only sport it's it's the only sport I believe that holds its superstars to the standard of the greatest player to ever play the sport nobody shits on a baseball player if they don't hit 40 home runs nobody like nobody shits on on a quarterback if they don't win all their Super Bowls like Joe Montana. Right. Um, but in basketball, the sports media is gonna be on you if you're not Michael Jordan. If you if you if you don't rise to every occasion, if you if you don't go through the struggles that he went to to get your championships, they're gonna ride you. You know, quote unquote, you're taking the easy way out, or hey. You you came you came into the league with a team that was ready. Like they're right. gonna knock you for everything that doesn't match up to the to the legend of Michael Jordan. And I feel like this environment has been created by mainstream media and it's been picked up by the fans that it, and, and and mostly by the fans that idolize Michael Jordan. So I, I feel like it goes to the point where you said he had a good game. Right. He happened to miss a couple free throws. It happens. It happens to everybody. I've seen LeBron miss those free throws. I've seen Kobe miss free throws. I people forget that Kobe didn't play good in the game seven against Boston. And and, and it was and it was uh it was excuse me, Bron Artest met a world piece that that end up pulling through. Right. Pulling the game through. Like people People forget. It. I'm like, yo, it happened to Kobe, man. Like, 
what are you guys expecting? You know what I mean? I feel like people need to curb their expectations sometimes. So, yes, I agree with you. Them complaining about that particular game, I get it. Because you're, you're just thinking about the times where he's let you down in big key moments. But my personal problem with Pandemic Pete is times when he literally just scores six points. He goes two for 18 or something like that in a game. Like, this isn't that game was not one of those moments. So, I agree with you. People are quick to jump on players and kind of just shit on them when they have these moments, not even a right. game. Just a moment in the game. And I feel like this is all spawned because of the legend of Michael Jordan. But it's not Jordan's fault. He didn't create this. You know what I mean? It's the media. Yeah, man. Uh, that's good. Uh, that's absolutely true. Well, uh, moving on from this trauma, um, you wanted to you wanted to speak on Trey Young uh, and his uh, injury and the fact that he, the game is going on right now, but the fact that he's not in Game Four tonight. Yep, I did want to talk about Trey Young. So, so uh, give me one second. I'm trying to log this time. All right. So yeah, Trey Young. Trey Young is uh oh clearly we 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 know that he's he's not the Hawks don't have a chance. Well, hold up. Very quickly, I want to say this. The score is 51-38 at halftime. Uh and Atlanta is up. So I'm going to say this very clearly. If Milwaukee loses this game and they don't have Trey Young, this honestly it says a lot about Milwaukee. Mark, now remember, you asked me the question before: Did they win the game or did they lose the game? I'm gonna tell you right now, Milwaukee. If if Milwaukee loses, they lost the game. The Hawks didn't win it. I'm I'm gonna be very open about that. All right. So so, although I do think highly of the Hawks and and how they are able to, I believe they're able to play above the level a level that they're supposed to be playing um, or what I expect them to play at. Um, this is not one of those times where it, the score should be 51-38. No. So, so with that said, Mark, but right. but back to the Trey Young injury, um, it is a big deal. Um, Trey Young has a, has, they said, a deep bruise on his foot. And This is what I'll say about it. Two things. Um, three things. I don't believe they can win this series with Trey Young out. Number one. Number two, um, Trey Young's injury. I don't know if anybody else in the audience has had um, a bone bruise, but yeah, I was telling Mark earlier, I fell down the flight of steps when I was 17 years old. Hit every step on a, basically the weight of my body was through my elbow, hit every step on the way down. And I thought of Brooke Barn, went to the, went to the ER, went to the hospital, um, got there. They basically told me I had a bad bone bruise on my elbow. And I'm like, so that's what a bone bruise feels like. It feels like you broke the bone, but it's fully intact. Um, it's terrible pain if you've ever been through it. Mark City's have plenty of bruised bones, so he understands. I, I know people that have gotten bruised ribs 
and that's one of those bones where if you get a bruised rib, it literally feels like it's broken. So you can't do anything. Um, with that said, I knew he was going to be out game four. Um, I presume that he might be out game five unless they give him some type of shot to, to withstand the pain. There's a chance that he'll be out game five. There's a chance that he plays game five, but he's not going to be the same guy. Um, we'll see what modern medicine says. Okay. And then the third, the third comment that I have is I'm skeptical, Mark, because I feel like I've seen this play out before. I do not trust NBA doctors, Mark. You know this. Um, they told KD he had a calf strain when he had a torn Achilles. But that's just I, I'm not going to forget that. So with this said, I think that Trey Young maybe have broken. I think he may have broken some small bones in his foot. Nothing too serious, but I feel like he has broken bones in his foot. But the doctors are not going to say that because they can't clear him to play if that's the case. So they're going to say, and I guess the thing that makes me believe that is the fact that they said deep bone booze. They didn't say... Uh, they didn't say a, a bone bruise. They said deep bone bruise, inferring that it's a really bad bone bruise. But really, all that says to me is it's a possibility. It's a possibility that he has broken bones in his foot, and they're not going to say it until they're completely out of the playoffs. So that's my fear: is that he actually has broken broken bones in his foot, and the doctors aren't saying it, and they will mark. He's going to play in game five. Mm-hmm. So, so with that said, um, so with that said, yes, I, I, I just don't, you know, I don't like the prospect of him playing with broken, with a broken bone or broken bones in his foot, but this is the NBA. This is how the doctors work. Um, I, Yes, I'm a little bit skeptical about the deep bone bruise, but all I know is if I had a regular bone bruise, and if he has a deep bone bruise, there's no reason why he should be playing game four or five. Well, honestly, I'm going to put it like <laughs> this, man. I've had a bone bruise. I've had a essentially what happened to me once, and I still have, and I may have a piece of bone still floating around in my shin, uh, but essentially i was running on the ice uh coming from gym coming from the gym and um you know those metal poles that are filled with cement like to keep cars from uh like running into a door or some shit like that like you know from a parking lot yeah yeah those joints be like four feet off the ground but they go like 12 feet underground yeah, yeah. those things are set, those, those things follow yeah yeah so I slid, like, I was turning the corner, it fell, it slid on the ice, and so when I slid on the ice, my entire body, like, whipped into, yep. whipped. Couldn't even brace yourself, Yeah, dog. like, my <laughs> entire body whipped into one of those metal poles, and, like, so essentially, it was like, I leg kicked that pole as hard as I possibly could, and... And in that, like, I had this massive bruise there, and it, and it was, it was done. Like, you know what I mean? It was done, and it felt like I chipped something off. And, yeah. And, like, I kind of, like, me being an idiot kid and stuff, like, I was like, uh, 
I can walk and like I can move my foot and shit. That means it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like so. I, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I'm, I'll yeah. I'll live. And now, mind you, I was limping for I was limping for about uh four to five days, and then and then like it was excruciatingly painful around that area for about a month. Um, so, yeah, and, and, um, but, like, I kept doing stuff, like, I, I kept, I kept, I kept moving and shit and doing stuff. When you're young, you don't care, man. (laughs) Yeah, like, I kept, yeah, like, I kept doing stuff and shit, and, and, like, I've also had, like, I've had a bone bruise on, um, on this, on this bone here, uh, like, from, like, from like uh chopping <laughs> like chopping at wood and shit like that and when i did that like it felt really painful like but it's like certain shit looks like all right dog the worst thing about it i guess this may be just me it but the worst thing about certain things is it it's pain you can't do anything more to it like a bone bruise is exactly that now it, it's... In, in trey young's case if this this may not be just a bone bruise. Uh, yeah. But but in um uh, but in the case of a bone bruise, you can't really do much more than just pain. So like yo, shoot get shot up and get to work. Uh because like you miss miss uh five days or four to five days, but get shot up and get to work. Like, you know what I mean? Just need some pain relievers, dog. Um but yeah, it's not, they're not that, it's not the end of the world material to where, like. And, and, and I'll say this, if he does have pieces of bone chipped off, as long as it's not restricting his movement, which, right. mind you, I've broken my wrist, and because it's just a bunch of little bones in there, right. if you have a chipped off piece floating in there, it could be blocking your rotation, which is what happened to me. So as long as it's not restricting the movement, right? Oh yeah, they could definitely just shoot him up and say go out there. We'll worry about that shit in the off season. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, so you're right. It is just pain. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, but it's bad pain. But <laughs> yeah, but it's pain nonetheless. You know, it's not a physical restriction. And if you can block the pain somehow, whether it be mentally or medically, then yeah, you can still get the job done. But uh. Yeah, Marco, that that boy, that bruise, that bone bruise, man. Like I said, my elbow, it was it was probably a solid five to seven days. Like they ace bandaged my shit up. They put me, they put my arm in a sling. Like it's like, is it broken? No, it's not broken. Like you know, it's cool. It's broken. No, it's not broken. Dog. I just gotta wear this for a week and until the pain stops. They don't want me moving it because you know, yeah, it's just gonna make it worse. The swelling, it's all swollen and shit. Like yeah, no. it's. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad, man. But yeah, hey, like I said, cert, like it's a give and a take. Like it, uh, Trey should definitely miss game four, and if he missed game five, I still believe that is fair as well. But I also, but I, on the flip side of that, I feel as though when Joel Embiid had his bone bruise, the amount of time that he missed was absolutely ridiculous. Like, Doug, you got a fu- <laughs> you got a fucking bone bruise, and you're missing like. 10 games like what the fuck are you doing like 
enjoying life. Like, grow up. Eating cheeseburgers, probably. I don't know what he's doing. Nah, I don't know I, what he's nah doing. like, honestly, I won't say that because he did a good job of staying in shape this year. He did this year, job. no. I, 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 okay, I'll give you that. This year, this year is probably, hopefully, take something from this year. Go figure. Everybody said it before in the past. Hey, Joel Embiid, if he actually took his health seriously, he could be an MVP. Mm. And that man was leading that MVP race for well, most of the season. Too bad that he doesn't understand that you actually got to play. And, like, I think, <laughs> and I think the fact, and I think his conditioning was a big issue in the playoffs. Like, the fact that he wasn't playing games. I mean, we're kind of going off on a tangent, but it's fine. Um, yeah. The fact that he wasn't playing games uh, as often in the playoffs when they need you, like, you should be pulling in certain games, you should be pulling 45 minutes if needed. And the fact that you have to sit or the fact that you're getting gassed to the point where you can't make a shot because you don't have any energy says, like, you shouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to put that out there. Like, you shouldn't be in that situation. But when you find yourself in that situation, the fact that you have nothing to give to your team has a lot to say about your personal conditioning because KD missed a lot of time, and somehow he was giving his team 48 minutes, 53 minutes. And like, <sighs> yeah, know? yeah. I mean, not every – what I think he needs to understand is not everybody is Shaq. Right. Shaq can show up out of shape. You know why? Because he, he wasn't required to move too much, man. And, and then even then, he was going to sit out – he was going to possibly get pulled at the end of the games anyway because he, he they had to hack a Shaq did. Like – you know what I mean? Like, right. like no, everybody's not Shaq, though. Like, you, you can't be out of shape. Shaq is the only center <laughs> that I've seen that is allowed to be out of shape and can make it work. Like, I remember uh, Tractor Trailer being being good, being being really good, and then just the biggest knock on him was he was out of shape, and, and guess what? He didn't play very long in the league. I remember Oliver Miller that's a that's a uh that that's one that not a lot of people are going to remember but i remember all of oliver miller getting drafted by the suns and oliver miller was another one of those guys who just was an overweight center but he had skill guess what he probably played maybe like three or four years like he was gone like you can't be a center in this league and dominate if you're out of shape right that's just what it is because guess what the biggest thing that comes with it the fear ain't even the fatigue mark the fear is the injury you're more prone to injury already just being a big guy. So you got you got to take your health seriously if you're a big guy. So and he's not skinny, Mark. So. No. Um, okay. And now we're going to get into the last two subjects that I think oh, here we go. we're I'm ready. talking about today. Um, <laughs> so let's just lead off. I guess we'll do the big one first. Uh, keep it in basketball. Scotty Pippen. And I'm gonna leave it at this, man. <laughs> what what's up with, what's up with your boy? Is he going C now? Dog. I don't know if I is, call is it C now. Is this a is this a late midlife crisis? Because Dog. I believe it's a late midlife crisis. I also believe like it's like Scotty got too much time on his hands, like maybe his old lady was taking up a lot of his time, but now that, like, 
future ruin all that shit and they got their divorce and shit. Yo. Maybe he got more time on his hands. I don't know what's going on, Mark. Yeah. I honestly believe. Well, go ahead. What's up? I legit said to someone, um, I was like, listen, man, the way that he's talking now, I don't even feel bad anymore. Like I used to feel bad that future like came in and ruined his ruined his life and made him a poster child for uh for a simp. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, dang, man. Goddamn Gucci slippers. I was like, Gucci he, slides, yo. I was like, anyways, he made you a poster child to be a simp <laughs> and shit. And I used to feel bad for him, but I don't even feel bad no more, man. Like, the way he talking and the things that he's saying, I'm like literally looking at him like, yo, I get why your wife chose the streets now, dog. I, I get it. <laughs> that's how bad you get. Mark, that's, that's what we had now. You know why? Oh man! No, like, like I, I, I'm like I get why she chose the streets, dog. This is crazy. Like, I will say this. I will say this though. Like, okay, so you asked me if it was a midlife crisis. I feel like it's a combination of midlife crisis, but like you know how like certain certain people you see them in a certain light, and then you don't see them for a few years, and then they come back, and somehow they're the, they're the grumpy old man, right? Right? Like we've seen it happen with certain players, like. We like uh, certain former players. We've seen them just all of a sudden become the grumpy old man. We've seen them, and it just it always seems like it comes out of the blue. But with Scottie Pippen, it's even worse. It literally, it felt like we're watching it in real time of him crossing over into the grumpy old man category. Like we're watching it in real time. Two weeks ago, he was okay, and then now all of a sudden, he, he has a problem with everything tied to you. I don't know, man. Like but so, some of the shit, like some of the shit he's saying, don't even be making. Like it's like, like it's not even close to factual. Like what the fuck are you talking about? But like, like Doug, this is what I'll say. We've seen signs, Mark. We we saw this coming. Nobody wants to believe it because it's Scotty Pippen. That's the real. That's the real truth. Nobody wants he's to believe been, because he's it's been Pippen. doing this. Often on been for a doing long this time. for a long time. Thank you, Mark. He's been doing this shit for a long time. Everybody but, remembers but, him but, saying. But, but once but, upon a time, it, like when he was doing it before, it was like it was Michael Jordan jealousy based. Like you know what I mean? Like it was his his craziness usually was focused around something about Michael, but now <laughs> the things he's saying is just all over the place. But I'll be honest with you, man. I don't even think the old shit came from jealousy about Michael. I feel like he's in this weird space. I feel like he, like his Michael Jordan and LeBron comments have always come from this weird space where, number one, we know how Mike is. He cut off Charles Barkley over nothing. Okay? So, it, basically, he cut off Charles Barkley for the same shit that Pippa's doing now. You make a negative comment about him, about his career in the public eye, and he's done with you for life. We know this. That's how, that's why him and Barkley ain't cool like they used to be. So we understand that. So I feel like Pippen tries to toe this line of being cool with Mike and not being cool with Mike. I feel like when he made the Le- LeBron comment before when he said, when he was talking about when he said Jordan was a better individual player, but he thought that LeBron it's about a team player. Like when he made those comments, I feel like he was being honest and truthful. But then I feel like he understood that that fractured the relationship between him and Mike. 
and he want to go back to it. I feel like all this shit comes from a dependency that he has with Mike. It's not, I don't even, I wouldn't even say jealousy. It's a dependency, man. It's like, it's almost like so much of him is tied to Mike's success that he doesn't ever want to fracture that relationship. And then there's times where he just, I don't know, like, like, I'll be honest with you. His comments about KD felt like it was just a lash out. It didn't, I don't, I know he didn't mean that shit. There's no possible way he could mean what he said well, about what, KD. Well, shit. explain to everyone what he was saying about the KD LeBron shit so they know. Okay, he said that, he said that KD has not surpassed LeBron. I'll take that. Um, he says that K, he said that KD, the difference between KD and LeBron in that series was KD is such a good, great scorer and he had too much focus on his great scoring. He had so much focus on his great scoring that he forgot to be a team player and he tried to, he tried to win the game by himself, win those last two games by himself. And that's the reason why he lost. He said, if LeBron was in that spot. LeBron would have done better in that spot. And I felt like, like now we've all watched LeBron go to the finals with nothing. And the reasonable people like me and you, Mark, understand that he was never going to win those finals. Um, and we don't hold it against him. Right. The same way we looked at what KD was facing in game six and game seven and understood that, that he was oh. fighting an uphill battle that he probably oh. wasn't going to win. So I, I feel like I feel like you're, you're missing a major part in what Scottie Pippen said. What? Scottie Pippen in that particular rant said that LeBron would have done better and LeBron yeah. won a ring with nothing. In oh yeah, forgot about that. In, in Cleveland. Let, well, let me just let, let me uh, let me address the shit that I'm addressing now before I get to that. So so yes. So like what I'm saying is like we we understand that LeBron couldn't win win his series. He, yeah, he scored 50, 51 in, in game one. We know he wasn't going to win that fucking series. Uh, the reason why people don't blame LeBron, like we're not good. We don't we don't hold that against him and be like, yo, he a piece of like, yeah, we knew he could do it. No, reasonable people just look at it and be like, yo, you was you was fighting the battle that you wasn't going to win regardless. Even if you win game one, you probably was going to get swept for the rest of the series. We understand that, okay. And the same thing with KD. We knew that he was not, he had no business even being in those games or taking his overtime. We know that. We actually praise him for it. So 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 I think he's being unreasonable in that scenario. He's being ridiculous. And then with the with the LeBron LeBron won with nothing. I really I was like, maybe he's not remembering it right. Maybe he is senile. I don't know. Maybe he. I, I. I personally think like somebody said. Somebody said that there's there must be crack in the Scotty Pippen burger. Because seeing the bottle next to him when he made his comments about Jordan, which we're going to get to in a second. But I was like, maybe he's just drinking a lot, Mark. I personally think he's just. I think whenever he tweet this stuff and whenever he say this shit, he's drinking, bro. He's drinking because. Because he doubled down. When somebody called him out on the LeBron comment about him winning with nothing, he doubled down, Mark. He he doubled down on Twitter. I was like, he has to be drunk. 
Like, it's one thing to be like, yo, I'm just not going to respond because I know I fucked up. Yeah, he did win that championship with Kyrie. Like, no. He legit was like, show me. Yes, I'm talking about 2016. Show me who he played with. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he's a star. I don't know. But that I'm going to bring up the Jordan comment. The most recent comment he said was, he said something about Jordan being a selfish person, which I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Um, but he said that he felt like Jordan going to play baseball was a selfish move. <laughs> yeah. That was very, that was very uh, self-serving, and he felt like it just fell in line with his personality of being a selfish player that felt like he could do everything and anything by himself. And and everybody understands <laughs> the reason why Mike went to play baseball. Even before Last Dance, everybody knew that Mike Mike's dad was a baseball fan, and he liked baseball better than basketball. Everybody knows that Mike's dad probably wanted to see him play, ba- play baseball. Everybody knows that Mike went to play baseball because of his dad's death. I don't understand why Scottie Pippen is being fucking disrespectful in saying that he's just a fucking, he's just an asshole. He's a selfish, he's a selfish motherfucker. That's why he would right. play baseball. Like, it sounds like you mad you didn't get another ring, Scottie Pippen. Well, and then not only, <laughs> not only that, but there's the flip side of that conversation, which is that Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was, uh, was betting in base in basketball say yo you got to get lost for a little while because this stuff if you stay this stuff is going to come out but but yeah well not so, only that but beam if you if you go with conspiracy theories his dad got killed because of his gambling right. which i don't know if that's true but even then all of these theories right. have nothing to do with mike just being selfish right that's what that's what i don't understand mark so 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 with that said, man, like like Scottie Pippen is just on one, man. And um and uh if if I was Jordan, I would I would want to fade right now. I would want to fade. But 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 that's just me, you know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, Pippen <laughs> but, Pippen, now this is the thing that I'm gonna bring up because Pippen needs to be careful. Um Mark, do you think that Pippen would be considered a top fifty player? If Michael Jordan never left to play baseball, meaning we know the season that Pippen had when when Mike when Mike wasn't there, even the season that Mike came came in past like game fifty or whenever it was, we know how Pippen showed out. Do you think that Pippen would be considered a top fifty player if Michael Jordan never left him there to be by himself? Hmm. Because I don't think he would be. I think people had questions about Pippen because they're like, that's great. How hard is it to be the number two guy when you got Jordan there? When he's sucking in the defense, he's getting double and triple team. How hard is it to be Scottie Pippen? How hard is it to score? You know what I'm saying? People had a lot of question marks about Scottie Pippen and they all got answered when Mike left. Scottie Pippen should be grateful that Mike left. But yeah. that's my personal opinion. I don't think he would be considered a top fifty player if 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 Mike never left the game. So he's bitching about Mike leaving when it's probably the greatest thing that happened to, to Scottie Pippen's career. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, so that's just me. Uh, I feel like Scottie Pippen is out of pocket, out of line with all of this shit. And at well, this you know, point, 
Well, you know, you, you still haven't brought up his uh, latest uh, faux pas, if you will. There's another one. Uh, look, the last thing I saw was him his comments about MJ in baseball. So there, uh, there's another one. Please enlighten me, Mark. Yes, he called Phil Jackson racist. Oh, I did see that. I didn't read the article, but I did see that. C- please tell me the context, Mark. Um, apparently, like, listen, this is this is secondhand knowledge by me because I haven't read the article at this point. At this point, I was just like, all right, I'm done. With uh, <laughs> with like Scotty Pippen talking, but according to secondhand knowledge, uh, uh, Phil Jackson's racist because he wouldn't put the year that uh Jordan wasn't with the Bulls, he wouldn't put the ball in Pippen's hands. Um, uh, in that in that final shot, he put it in Kuko chance on the final shot, and it's like. Duh, Kukoc was a better shot than you. (laughs) And, you know what I mean? Like, so you were mad because you had to inbound? So, so now did, so now your coach is racist? Like, I'm a little confused. Uh, (sighs) So, so this is my comment about that, dog. Jordan never complained when when Phil Jackson was giving the goddamn ball to Steve Kerr, a goddamn bench player that got like five minutes a game, no, no, nobody that, gave a fuck. No, like, he, he did. He did, and Kerr proved otherwise. That he was like, all right, I guess. No, no, no. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying is, Cook Coach was already proven by the time he did that. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, we knew that Cook Coach, Cook Coach was already better than Steve Kerr. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 whether he's better than Steve Kerr as a three-point specialist and all that shit is different. But Cool Coach was already proven. Like, Pippen doesn't win those games if Kuko like the Bulls don't win that many as many games as they did if Cool Coach is not there. Let's keep it a buck. So, so, so either way, Cool Coach was proven enough to where Scotty Pippen should have shut the fuck up. All right, that's what I feel. Remember, Steve Kerr was never part of that fucking team before he showed up later and and, and Michael Jordan yes he might have complained initially but it's like no he proved himself he's good I'm gonna leave him alone and then Mike started going to him he didn't even need Phil Jackson to go to him Mike started going to him what I'm saying is Scottie Pippen is acting like a bitch that's what I'm saying yeah like like if Jordan never if he wasn't complaining about who coach and BJ Armstrong and Craig Hodges and all these other guys that get five minutes a game. If he wasn't complaining about those guys having the ball at the end of games to close out, but then Scotty Pippen needs to shut the fuck up about about Ku Coach. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 how I feel about it. And I feel like Scotty Pippen is just a sensitive guy. He's a sensitive guy that doesn't want to admit that he's sensitive. So he tries to play tough. Oh, that's why he's so wishy-washy. But you, well, you know, you know, Scotty Pippen tried to call Charles soft, and like saying Charles will only start fights with people when, uh, when the I refs are around and all this other stuff. He said he what? didn't try nobody. No, he specifically said he did. He said that person that he that he threw through a window uh-huh. was some little scrawny white dude. And those are the only people that he tried to fight. And I was like, 
Are we going to ignore the fact that he's the only person that has come at Shaq? Are we going to ignore that, Mark? Are we just... Come on, man. It's just everything that he's been saying has just been absolutely ridiculous. I feel like they're drunken ranks. There's no way that he's sober when he's saying these things, Mark. Like, honestly, honestly, on a real, on some real shit, when I saw his comments about Phil Jackson being racist this morning, I seriously was hoping that he's not on drugs, Mark. Like, hard drugs. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, it's not even a joke. It's not a game. I hope that he's not on hard drugs because I'm going in. I'm going in, but but I hope he's not on hard drugs because this is hard drug behavior, Mark. Yo, we I, I just I expect us to see him at some type of meetings or rehab in the next month or two, whether it be alcohol or cocaine or meth. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his drug of choice is, but he's doing something, Mark, that's altering his reality. Yeah, uh, like Scotty is wild. Uh, like you have never. You have never went after anybody. Hey, you talk like period. Like hey, you talking about uh Charles. Like, come on, man. You gotta relax. You gotta relax, dog. But Dog, the only thing that Pippen ever did, the toughest shit that Pippen ever did was dunk on dunk on Ewing and step over him. That's yep. it. That's it. That's the only tough guy moment I've seen this motherfucker have. Like, what are we talking about, Scotty? Who are you? I, I don't know. I, I Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've heard people, Bulls fans, you know, we know about Darius. We know a few football, few Bulls fans. I've seen Bulls fans over the years that so certain ones have just not rocked with Scotty Pippen. And they say he was a whole ass. Well, I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I mean. Um, and I always wondered where it came from. And I understand, okay, there was a moment here. There was a moment here. But he really showing his true colors, Mark. I feel like this is the person who he's always been. <coughs> that he's just now, whatever reason it is, he's opening up and expressing himself now. Maybe it's the drugs. Maybe it's because he saw Kwame Brown. I don't know. But <laughs> but, but he's opening up now, Mark. And I wholeheartedly believe this is the person that he is. And this is the person that he's been. So. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's on something, dog. He on something. Okay, well, <laughs> lastly, last topic of the evening, we're going to switch to football. Um, Daniel Snyder, of the uh, highest uh, share owner of uh, the Washington football team, is now making his wife co-CEO of the Washington football team. You say co-CEO, I need you to be very specific, Mark. Well, I mean, that's what it says. I don't know how else to say it. She is the co-CEO. She is, that means he will be sharing the duties with Tanya Snyder, uh, the duties of CEO with Tanya Snyder's. And so I'm just going to say it right here, man. This is, this, what you're looking at here. Oh, uh, well, first, before I do that, I'm going to just give you a little bit of the quotes that he said. He said, uh, Tanya has always been my closest confidant and most important advisor, but her role has outgrown such informal titles. Dan Snyder said, the perspective she brings to this organization is invaluable, and I am incredibly proud to recognize it with a fitting title, CEO. So, 
this is essentially um baby please baby baby please don't leave me please please baby because if you get the this if you if you give me this divorce i'm gonna lose so much like this is essentially him having to figure out a way to keep her around so that she doesn't take him to the fucking cleaners Be like at least that's my that's my opinion. Because Mark, you're not the only person with that opinion. Let me tell you something, bro. So there's two things that this screams to me. Yes, it's the baby, please don't leave. Um, but there's a reason why. There, there's a reason why she wants to leave him. And yes. I don't even think it has anything to do with all the controversy. This motherfucker's been controversial since the day he became the owner. Obviously, we I don't know if you remember. But well, part of the whole cheerleading thing, he was one of the accused in all yes, this. Yes, he was. So clearly she knows the truth and she knows that maybe she has some information that we don't know about how true these things may have been. And uh, yeah, so and then you got to deal with the thing because, you know, you know, they say, what, hell hath no fury like woman scorn. Mm -hmm. Like. She's gonna expose some things, Mark. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, if you don't fall in line, you know what I'm saying? She's gonna expose some things of what she knows personally. So, so yes, to save his own ass and to save what what he has in ownership and to save his relationship, I feel like yeah, you know, everything that he, everything about this screams PR, PR for himself and his personal life. And PR for the team. We got all these allegations, sexual harassment, and a toxic, you know, I hate the fucking term toxic masculinity. But <laughs> there's a serious problem with toxic masculinity in the workplace and all this other stuff. So guess what we'll do, man? We'll just put a female in charge. Yeah. You know what? I'll make it my wife. Now, <laughs> the reason why it's your wife is because you got to save your own ass from your transgressions. So, um, although it's unofficial and there's no legal bearing to it, Mark, mm -hmm. um, I think this is very damning evidence in the public eye that he did do some of the things that he was accused of. Yeah. So, so yes, and I do think this is putting a band-aid on a, ju on, on a, a sliced jugular vein by saying we're just going to throw a female's name out there and make her co-CEO. So the question is, how much power is she really going to have? Or is her name just on there to be on there, to have a female's name, to try to wash away some of the uh, stains that have come from the lawsuits that they've had? Because we also felt that way when they decided to hire the first black, um, what was it, president of football operations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like they're in safe face mode, you know? So no, I don't believe any of this shit is on the up and up here, Mark. Uh, how do you, do you, do you believe any of it is on the up and up? Oh, I, I do not believe that, but, <laughs> but I have to accept that it's on the up and up because, like, I don't have any true evidence to go against it. But my personal belief is no. no well, 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 this is this is what I'll say. It's one thing if you hire a woman outside of your personal relationships and hire them or elevate them to the title of co-CEO, Mark, mm -hmm. I don't want 
the woman that stood by him while he made all these horrible, bad, reckless decisions, and she probably knew about most of them. And I'm not just talking about the cheerleaders. I'm not just talking about the sexual assault and the sexual harassment allegations. I'm talking about the 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 brashness of saying I'll never change the team's name. You got a problem with it, you know, and you feel like it's disrespectful to Native Americans. F you. I mean, those aren't direct quotes, but that's the way he kind of carried himself. I don't want the person that stood by him and supported him during those times being the new face the co-CEO, I, I don't, to me, that doesn't screen change. So mm-hmm. I, 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 that's what, that's also what makes me believe that this is uh, damning evidence that he probably did some of the things that he's been accused of. So man, it's like, uh, it's like they can't get the head out of their own ass right here, you know, Washington. So I'm not saying Washington, the ownership. <laughs> Yeah. Daniel Snyder specifically. So, uh, you know, this is this is the NFL. They're just light years behind everybody when it comes to those type of situations. <clears throat> yeah, man. Unfortunately, but this is where we are. <coughs> it's where we are. Um, but it looks good on paper. So, hey. Yeah. Well, but he's smart enough to re- release this information now before everything starts to jump off. So. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, the the one thing that's going to help him in this scenario is Ron Rivera being his coach, the team actually looking like they have promise, and them looking like they might actually have a quarterback that they can groom for the future. And when I say groom, I mean I told you how much I like Heineke. He's got some years. He's got some years of grooming that he needs to go through, but because they have a promising team and a, and, and a nice coaching staff, I think all of this will be forgotten by the time the season starts. Yeah. Well, all right. With that, I think that's it. That's all we got for today, friend. Um, so, do you have anything else? Um. Shout out to you for rocking the Purple Rain t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? I like that. I didn't comment it on it in the beginning, but you know. You know, and then, you know, I got my um, I got my Nino Brown. Well, I told you I am my brother's keeper. You know what I'm saying? I said that. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and I do, you know, like I said, I'm, I appreciate it. I don't know if the fans appreciate the, uh, the apparel, but I do. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know Prince is my guy, so. Yeah. yeah so, you know what I mean? gotta I always gotta rep for Prince whenever I can and when I saw this t-shirt I was like oh this gotta be mine I gotta get this mm-hmm. so uh so I did what I had to do made a purchase but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> with that being said man I uh, appreciate everybody for listening and staying with us up until this point as always we will be getting those uh those uh i guess uh post out there soon about the uh mm-hmm. about the sports sports movies so um, so uh look forward to that and uh that's really all i got man i'm, I'm excited i'm excited for uh the football season coming around we are currently 
working with uh, Ricky Scott of the Wait Till You Hear This podcast to bring something to bring something new that has been uh, been near to me for a very long time um, in the fantasy football realm. Exactly how that's going to play out and what it's going to look like. Uh, I'm not sure yet, but this is what I've been wanting to do for since before the eye test. Um, so really excited to bring that out. And so you guys can uh, check that out and see if you would ever want us to do anything like that for your for your leagues. But um, with that said, man, uh, this is it. And if as always, man, if you fuck with us, we fuck with y'all. So please fuck with us so we can fuck with y'all. All right. Peace.